This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Oh, wow, that was so beautiful. When we talk about prosperity, people seem to revert automatically to the idea of money, right? You want to have more money, and that would make you more prosperous. I'm not discounting the importance of money, and I'm certainly not saying, I hope you don't have any money. I I am saying instead that let's expand this way beyond just the currency that we have in our wallets or our bank accounts. There's an an acronym, M-O-N-E-Y, stands for My Own Natural Energy Yield. So that means that it comes from us. Prosperity is not something that we get to have because we got it from someplace out there. We brought home the bacon, so to speak, and now we're prosperous. That's not what it is. It is an outpouring of something that is within us, that flows from us into the world. And prosperity can look like the exchange of dollars and cents but it can look like so much more. It can look like appreciation. It can look like sharing our talents. Sometimes we have talents and we're like, oh, I'm too bashful. I, you know, I might, not, I might not do it really well, and so we don't. That's not prosperous. Prosperous is, I have to express what is in me, just like we have to exhale. We can't just inhale. What we just witnessed here with Donna and Dave is prosperity. Donna had something that has been in her for 22 years, and I don't know if you've gotten to play it, other times, but but when the subject came out, she kind of raised her hand, like, well, I've got this song, you know, and you don't see what goes on in the back end on Facebook with with all the the musicians are, and I are talking back and forth about what about this song, and we're sending song ideas back and forth, and, and so she's recording it into her phone and trying to post it on the Facebook group, and and from that piece... Dave took it and made this beautiful arrangement because this man is classically trained musician. And he's here every week. And so we get the idea that, oh, it's just Dave. You know, and sometimes he even calls himself, oh, yeah, I'm just the piano man. It's like, ah, uh, excuse me. This man has got crazy talent. He. <laughs> And, and he's humble, you know, so often. Like when Eric gets up here and, 
Eric's voice is, you know what Eric's voice is, it's just insanely good. And we sit here and we listen to that voice and we're like, <gasps> and, and we often don't even mention Dave because, you know, he's just the piano guy there. But, but, but he, makes, he, he makes this container that allows everybody to, who sings with him to just shine. And so we are so blessed with him. And Donna, you know, it's not just that song. She came here, how long has it been now? Four years? Five years? Six years? Forever and a day? <laughs> okay. So when she came, three solid and five-ish sort of, she, she, came from, she came from Ashland where she had, um, she was, I don't know if you were the music director, but you were... You were the one that chose all the musicians that came and coordinated it and sometimes played the music. And so she had a lot of experience. And, and she's just this innately creative person who does music and poetry and improv theater. And she makes songs and poems up on the spot. And she came here and she said, you know, I, I'm here to help if you need something. But she didn't, she didn't come in to take over anything. She just was there with such humility. And I've watched over the years as she's become more and more an integral part of the Soulshine team. But it wasn't by barging in, it was by flowing like a river. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll let you take credit for that. <laughs> I just want to say that this is what prosperity looks like. And you can feel it, right? When we listened to that song, we all felt the flow. When people are expressing their talents and they're doing it from this place of, of love and I just, I, I need to let it out. The poet Browning talks about imprisoned splendor. That's what the divine is. It's this imprisoned splendor that we must express. In the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says something to the effect of that which is within you. If you let it out, it will save you. If you keep it in, it will destroy you. What is within each one of you that is begging, let me out? Already you may be expressing it, and yet usually there's more because we are ever evolving. Like the river, it's always moving. It doesn't say, all right, Check. I moved. It's always moving. And that's what we are here to be doing. Moving. Moving in love. Giving what is ours to give. And we need to give it in, in every aspect. 
We need to give our talents. We need to give our treasure. We need to give our time. I remember when my grandson was about, I don't know, four, and he'd get up at the crack of dawn, and I'd wake up, and here was his little head right next to my face. Can we be awake now? <laughs> so yeah, I was awake then. <laughs> but, you know, he, he craves my time. And so for me to just spend time with him, it's not so much about what I'm doing, although he does have specific ideas about that too, but it's, it's that gift that I give him. If you have children, you know what I'm talking about. You, you spend time with them. But, but it's not just our children. You know, maybe, maybe you spend some time at the cash register as you're checking out. And you just spend some time caring about the person who is serving you. That is prosperity. You are giving of your time, of your caring. Maybe you're giving some kind of appreciation. We keep flowing as we do that. Look at where you are spending your time. Is, is it enriching the world? Is it enriching you? Are you wasting your time? When Claire was talking about our friend Kelly, some of you know her because she's been here before, but her health has prevented her from being here much. But she is this most amazing woman. And she could, she could be focused on how sad she is that she's leaving her children and her husband and her friends. And she is sad but she is focused on giving all that she is and radiating it. And she's, she's so focused on giving that the joy in her is overflowing. She's, she can't stop recognizing everything that she's receiving because giving and receiving are one, just like in breathing. One of the places that many people get stuck is actually with money because we tend to get into a place of I don't have enough. If we're really wealthy, then we're more likely to get into a place of I need to protect what I've got and I'll give some, but I need to be careful. We all seem to have something around money, if we're honest about it. And not enough is a real big one. It's a big one in our culture. I'd like to suggest to you something. I don't know if I read it or something that I read made me think it, but the idea of I don't have enough is an insult to life. Thinking I don't have enough is an insult to life. Because it means 
all this stuff, all this blessing that is in your world already, you're not paying attention to that because you're focused on something that's over there that you don't have instead of focusing on what's right here that, oh my God, I've got this. When we focus on this, this amazing whatever that is right there in front of us, then we know real prosperity. Then we become magnetic to even more. It's so important. One of the real, I don't know if it's a secret of prosperity, but one of the, the ways that has been taught forever is tithing. And the word tithing is kind of like the word God. You hear it and you go, and whatever your, your religious history is, it gets triggered big time. But the reality is that giving 10% of what you have is an amount that puts you just enough on the edge that you keep in the flow. And it doesn't matter how much you have. Mary Morrissey, who's a a teacher in New Thought, talks about how they were on this trip, her family, and they were down to $33. And she was just in a panic. How's she going to feed her family? And she's walking on the beach, and she's just, you know, talking to God and saying, well, you know, I, I did what I thought you wanted me to do, and here I am doing it, and we don't have any money. And, and she notices a penny in the sand, and she picks it up, and it says, in God you trust, right? And she's, she realizes, actually, I don't. It's easy to say, but, and let's remember, God is not a person out there. God is not mom and dad, who, if we're good, are going to give us a few extra dollars. God is the energy of the universe, of the cosmos, that is always flowing, always creating. It's it's incapable of doing anything but that. And we are that, because that's the first principle in unity, right? There is only one. There is not... God over here, and then us poor rabble over here. No, there's just one. We're it. And so we, the all, are always flowing. And the trick is recognizing that that is true, number one, focusing on it, marinating in it, letting ourselves know that yes, this is truth. And when we get scared, because we're in a material world, we get scared, we look at the evidence, and we, we think that the evidence is truth, rather than backing up and knowing what is really truth and letting the evidence shift to match truth. 
There is a story um, that Eric Butterworth, he's a, was a unity minister and he's written a lot of books and he's like one of the core teachers in unity. And he talks about this man who had um, lost his job of 20 years and, and now he's older and he's, he's really freaked out. What's he going to do? He doesn't have this job anymore. And he's sitting there in dismay and despair, and he just casually brushes this spider off the edge of his desk. But as he does, he notices that the spider just boop, spins this thread and just glides down to the ground. And he watches that and has a moment of taking in animal medicine. The spider was teaching him, trust, go with the flow. And he began to entertain the thought of what else could he do if he weren't going to do that job. And what he came up with was, well, actually, he loves to write. And so he started writing. And he wrote articles to publications and he actually ended up making more money writing than he had made at the job. But what made him prosperous was not the writing. What made him prosperous was the idea. The idea I could trust and the idea I could write. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, says ideas are divine currency. Think about it. When you've been in a spot where something needs to shift, right? We've all been in those spots. We can either spend our energy just freaking out, which is usually, if we're honest, first response, right? But then... The reason that we have spiritual practice is because hopefully spirit, first response doesn't last too long. And we, we quickly, or at least eventually, get to a place where we remember truth. And as we do that, and we get quiet in that truth, divine ideas begin to flow again. And some of those ideas are incredibly rich. When we're in spiritual community as we are, we have the advantage of having someone to talk to who is far less likely to commiserate with how awful things are and far more likely to pray with us and remind us in affirming the truth. That's one of the amazing advantages. And because we're so connected, as one flows, more flow until we're all flowing. Back to the idea of tithing I started to bring up, it's so important because it works. 
You don't have to do it. When you come here, nobody's going to say to you, well, you know, just write your check for 10% or don't bother coming in the door. Nobody's telling you that. If, however, you want to be in the flow, it is a practice that will ensure that you stay in the flow because every time you write that check or text that number or however you make your donations, every time you do that, you have to remind yourself that you are giving to the source that is giving through you, that is giving, that keeps you in this flow. That's the point of it. I remember one time um, I was part of a different spiritual community, but my former husband and I realized that even though we gave, and we gave pretty generously, we definitely weren't doing 10%. Because, I mean, think about it, 10%. Those are usually big numbers relative to whatever you have. If you only have $100, $10 is a lot. If you have $10,000, $1,000 is a lot. It doesn't matter what the number is. It's always a lot when it's 10%. So we decided to commit to giving 10%. And we did that, and that year, the big tax bill we were expecting turned out to be a big tax refund. That was pretty amazing to us, really got our attention. I had a friend that same year who decided to start tithing again. It was a practice that he had done in the past, and he'd let it go, and he started again. And he ended up with $10,000 of new business, 6000 of which he had written off as just bad debt. And somehow it came back in. So those things involving actual money do happen. But we do not tithe to get money. That is not your strategic plan for getting wealth. That's not why you would do it. You would do it because you want to consciously partner with this allness that is everywhere and through you and as you and from you. That's why you do it because you want to remember who you are. You want to be able to say, like Kelly says, oh, I have so much. This is so rich, and it's just going to get better. And trust that whatever is coming your way is for you. It's not happening to you. And that can be hard sometimes because a whole bunch of things that happen in our lives, at first glance, they look like they're happening to us and they look like they suck, right? And yet, if we stay in faith, and we continue to remember who we are and what we are here doing, often we begin to see 
from a different perspective. And the thing that looked so terrible has created some blessing for us. So here's Kelly talking about dying and leaving her children. On the surface, that looks like a very bad thing. And yet, as she has stayed in this process, she is beginning to sense the freedom, the opportunity that she will have. She's not denying her sorrow. She's feeling it fully, and she is stepping into the ability to be without walls to just be everywhere present, fully flowing the love that she is. Whatever it is that's happening in your own life, we each have the choice to look at it as something terrible or to just open ourselves up to those divine ideas to ask ourselves, okay, if this is happening for me, what else do I need to see here? What's the bigger picture? And get quiet and listen. There's this beautiful quote from Eric Butterworth. He said, you are not created outside the universe. You are an integral part of it, a dynamic center within it. The allness of universal substance is forever moving into and through the eachness that you are. This creative flow has produced you, and you belong to it in a more vital sense than it belongs to you. It is not just that you inherit it. You are its expression. There's a quote in the Bible where God says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And that has often been interpreted, like, if you tithe, then I'm going to give you this. And that's not what it means. It, it does refer to tithing, but the tithing is, if you get yourself in the flow, which is what that's about, then what you will experience is the windows of heaven. Heaven is expanded consciousness. The windows are you. You will open up. And the blessing will pour out from you. When you get in the flow, there is nothing preventing you from flowing out the gift that you are. We did not come here to be miserable, to be scratching for survival, to be lonely. We came here to be a blessing. 
And when we are doing that blessing, there's nothing else we need. Some of you have heard it, because I've told this story before, but I remember being 14 and, oh, I was a sad little girl at that point. I just, I didn't think there was anything that was good about me. And as you can imagine, I was not really a friend attractor from that point of view. And um, I used to read all these popularity magazines trying to find out how I could get friends. And one of the magazines suggested smiling. <laughs> what a thought, right? <laughs> so I had to read it in a magazine, but I actually implemented that step. It was something I could do. So I went around smiling at everybody at this new school. and. And one day, a few weeks into school, I was in the girls' bathroom and some girl came in and she said, oh, I know you, you're the girl that's always smiling. And I was just, wow. It was the first time anybody in the friend circuit had had something positive to say about me. Before that, my bar was okay. You know, but this was an actual compliment. <laughs> and, but it came because I had been pouring something out. I didn't really fully understand what I was doing in that process. I understand it now. But that's what we're here to do. There is nobody, there is nobody here that is not born to be a blessing. And the blessing that you are doesn't look like the blessing of the person beside you, even if you're related to them. The blessing that you are is unique in all this world. And if you do not give who you are, the world is poorer for it. We need you. And you. And you. We need all of you. Don't focus on how will I get paid for what I do. I'm not saying ignore that. You know, that's like a calculation to think about. But focus on who am I and what does my soul need to express. And and focus on enjoying, enjoying the life that you have. The ladybug that you see on the grass, the breeze on your face, the little boy at your side,